following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode, Brian rides solo as he gets back into another college football conference breakdown, as well as a real game breakdown. College football's back, baby. Thanks for much for listening. I'm Brian Finch, and this is the Two Point Conversation. 
and it was really a tale of two halves, you know. Um, while Northwestern went into the half up three points, it was, it was uh, 17-14. It was the, in the third quarter, you know, Nebraska ends up rolling off 14 points to Nebraska seven, and they were in control. And then Scott Frost attempted a onside kick for some reason when they were up, what, almost 11 points? I don't even remember at that point. But either way, it really a choice. Um, and, uh, you know, Pat Fitzgerald him, himself, you know, not not uh, necessarily been up to snuff as of late uh, for being the Northwestern coach. But I think um, he, he, he had a good job. Uh, like a, an idea, a game plan, kind of what to do today, and they pulled it off. It, w- it was a balanced game, 100% offensively for Northwestern. It was balanced. You had a 28 or 38 attempts from uh, passing from Holinsky, uh, Ryan Holinsky, and then uh, you had on another 40 so odd runs, um, whether designed or not from the quarterback. You had two carries, but. Um, you know, you, you got 22 carries from Evan Hall. You got 19 carries from Cam Porter. So, you know, you're, you're rolling off another 40 plays of run. And it's, you're averaging five yards a carry there. You're, you're averaging, oh, I don't even know, whatever, like, ten, like a little over 10 maybe uh, yards of uh, passing yards per attempt. You know, it, it, fantastic. Very, very efficient. Um I think my favorite player of the game was Evan Hall, the running back from Northwestern. Really shifty in the hole. Um, he's strong on, on contact, so, you know, able to get out of some tackles. Um, ran really hard, smart. Um, took took what the defense was always giving him, falling forward, you know, those kind of things. Racked up, you know, 119 yards and a touchdown. So, fantastic game from him. And then as – his co-backfield guy, you know, Cam Porter, like I mentioned, 94 yards and a touchdown from him, too. It's a good game. Uh, on the Nebraska side, on the losing end, you know, you you had Casey Thompson, uh, the Texas transfer, off to what, you know, you would hope Scott Frost and him can, like, ride together here and be the reason that the, you know, program turns around and starts winning. Pretty big recruit. Um that ends up transferring to your school. Let's, you know, capitalize on that, see what you can get going. And it didn't happen today. It was, it was, it was Thompson going 25 of 42 with a touchdown and two interceptions. It seemed like a lot of times um, his throws were late. And I, w- I was trying to figure out after noticing it for a while why his throws were late. And I, I couldn't necessarily nail down if it was struggling to – get through the reads on defense or if it was just, I mean, it could have been just straight up nerves in the first game, but a a lot of times the ball was behind and, you know, this kid was laying some lasers and, you know, tip ball scenarios is, is actually what ended up sealing the game um, for um, Northwestern. Sorry. They end up getting a tip drill because the, Ball was behind and it was coming in super fast and ball popped up and there you go. There's the game. Um, offensively, also 
Monday's um, well mansion. Uh, Anthony Grant, running back for Nebraska. Pretty good day on the ground. Uh, 19 carries, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. You know, good stuff out of him. So, thought that was good, fun. Um, offense, it, you know, it, they weren't awful, awful. It, it was just, unfortunately, some poor timing of head coaching decisions and also – it was, you know, unfortunate timing of interceptions, but pretty even game overall. It was a really exciting game. It was entertaining. Um, good way to start off the year and maybe a little surprising, actually, the way that we ended up starting the year like this. So I, uh, I say kudos to those two schools, and um, I'm ready to get back into even more college football. So that's that's the only game I got a chance to watch. There was other games that went on. Um, I'm not going to roll through them here, but you know, just we're, we're back, baby. Uh, we are back. Uh, the, the game's kicked off on the 27th. So you're going to have some 28th, you know, you know, within 24 hours, there is enough content to talk about that. I, I, I actually toyed it with like not doing another preview. You know, we're only waiting another week until we get week one, technically of college football where everyone's in the mix. I think, Next uh, week, obviously, there's going to be bigger marquee games, um, but we still we still should give a little bit of a preview. So, I am going to do the Big Twelve preview, and then uh, hopefully, I will be able to get an SEC preview to you uh, before any real meaningful football um, takes place. You know, so that that that's coming up next week. I'm going to try and fit it in here, but I know I can do this for you right now. Uh, and it's a conference that's fun to talk about. So the Big 12. Big 12 has been known for many years now as this, the conference of no defense. And um, that's all been true except for one team. It's the Baylor Bears. They've been putting out guys into the draft for years, um, coaches leaving their program to go coach elsewhere because of their defense. It, it's been a really fun thing to watch. Um, and so last year's championship uh, did feature those those Baylor Bears uh, going off against uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, it was a really fun match. Um, let's see here. It was a took place at AT and T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Um, so a little little bit of um hometown, you know, kind of like n not exact hometown game, but close enough that you know Baylor Bears has got a lot of people coming there. So they were actually the two seed, technically, you know, the underdog in the series. Um, or I'm sorry, in the game, but. Uh, they ended up pulling it off. It, it was um, pretty close. 21-16 game. I, ca I can't say if I remember watching it or not. Um, I really can't remember right now. So I'm, ju I'm just going off of what my web uh, results are telling me. So I do remember that that, that Baylor defense, though, uh, last year. So good. So why don't we start there? Uh, the Baylor Bears last year under Dave Aranda, who is now entering his third year 
Um, last year they went. Oh, I just said it. Uh, what was it twelve and two? Uh, twelve and two. Yeah. So twenty twenty two. New year, new new me, as it were. But I think a lot of it will be um, same, similar amount of um, competitiveness and, and how good they should be in their own conference. Um, let's see here. I'm looking at uh, returning stars. Uh, okay, so Dylan Doyle, linebacker, started 23 games. Um, uh, he led uh Led the team in uh, tackles 145 uh, over two seasons. Uh, he's also their fullback, which is always fun. Uh, shows the mentality of a person uh, if they play linebacker and fullback. Uh, shout out Andrew, you'd love this guy, our buddy Andrew Lenz. Uh, Galvin, um, Connor Galvin, uh, returning left tackle, uh, was a first team All Big 12 um, left tackle last year. With a Bears defense that rushed or rushed the ball, or Bears offense, I'm sorry, rushed the ball for like 219 yards a game. Um, so the, you know, cool to get your stud left tackle back, and then um, returning nose tackle. Oh, I'm sorry, this, he's a transfer. Um, uh, Siaki Apu Ika. Um, I think you nailed that one. Uh, and a nose tackle transferring from LSU. Uh, I don't know exactly why he would be transferring. Um, that's in LSU's a pretty good school. So uh, going from one good school to another, it's got to be about playing time. Um, and also now you got to think about uh, the financial impl- implications. Maybe he feels he can market himself better here. Uh, that's something that players now will take into account, which is a whole different breed. Um, it's what I actually think might end up giving people like um, – uh, or teams like UCLA and USC a little more advantage. You know, glitz and glamour of L.A., there's a little more money to throw around there than there is in, uh, like, Boise, you know. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. Uh, but as far as the Baylor Bears go, um, they obviously lost some, some guys. Uh, safety Jalen um, Petra, uh, an All-American safety, led the team last year, or uh, had a team-high 18 tackles for loss. Uh, and to go with three and a half sacks last year. Um, uh, Abram Smith, running back, uh, got to replace your running back. Always tougher um, to do if you didn't have the kind of running backs that, that Baylor's running with. You know, it would matter more for other teams. But um, filling that hole would be probably easier than maybe this guy, Terrell uh, Bernard, Bernard, who was uh, drafted by the Bills. Uh, go Bills, just saying. Uh, led the team last year with uh, 103 tackles, 7.5 sacks, and uh, 12 tackles for loss. He's got five quarterback hurries and four pass breakups too last year. So that was a lot of production. Um, so how do you how do you back that up? What do you do? Well, good news is, is you still um, are pretty good defensively. Um, defensive coordinator Ron Roberts, uh, you know, is is going to be the stalwart of that defense because it's it's about they they play as good one eleven you know, or all eleven ball as anyone in the in the country I think in defense. Um, I mean, it even shows up in the stats here. So here we go defensively. Uh, nationally, 
tenth in scoring with eighteen point three yards per game or points per game. Tenth. It's good. Rushing. They allowed only 118 yards per game rushing. That's impressive in college football. It's hard to stop because you gotta you gotta stick with it because college ball there's so much more running. Um that there's teams that'll just run you to death and you can't you can't give up on it. And uh they that got them seventeenth in the country with that. Passing a little less um than favorable what what they would be looking for, I'm sure. Uh, with a 227 yards per game, that's 65th in nation. That's not that bad. Uh, you know, it's I, I, you've heard me say already that 50th and the top 50 is what you're looking for, but sometimes that don't happen. You know, sometimes you're at 65, but you can make it work if he's got turnovers and stuff like that. So uh, that's that's look at that the turnover margin plus 13. Boom, there you go. That was third nationally. There's the difference. You can do a lot of things in the league um, or in the conference even. Um, I, uh, I pointed to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm, I'm going pro for a second, but I pointed to the Dallas Cowboys defense last year, and a lot of people tell me or, or would like to bring up how good their defense was, and I, and I say opportunistic. I'm not saying they can't be good, but what is harder to do in the league and it, this applies to all defenses, I think, in, in college, maybe in some high school, um, that defenses from year to year that are quote-unquote good, it's about points and it's about yards allowed. The turnovers are always the cherries. It's it's nice when you have a defense that can do it all and they, and they can get the turnovers too. But if you're thriving on turnovers – but you're constantly giving up yards, you're flirting, you know, with, with disaster because it, it's, it doesn't take much for the dam to break. And if every game it's a 400-yard, 500-yard, 600-yard performance against your defense, you know, that's you're giving up that kind of yards, I'm also going to predict that you're giving up 20, 25, 30 points a game and those games that you're letting up so many yards, it's tough to do. It's tough to survive that way. Um, so they did a little bit of both. You know, good in points per game. Um, decent overall. They're 31st overall in yards per game allowed in defense. And then you end in the top five, you know, number three in the nation turnover differential. Boom. You, that's why you're talking about Big 12 champions. So... That isn't going to go away. It's something that is going to be a part of this coaching staff. It's how they recruit. It's how they coach. It's part of their culture. It's a, it's a fun team to root for in that way because, like I said, Big 12 defenses, normally not a thing to talk about that much. I like the way Baylor plays. I honestly do. It's, really, it's, a, good, it's a good team to watch. So, uh, Complimentary football normally means you get uh, an offense that isn't Bad. Well, it's true. They're top 50 in everything that mattered except for passing. So top 10 in the country uh, in yards per game. They're 10th um, scoring, 40th. Eh, you know, can't can't, uh, 
can't do it all, I suppose, if you're doing so well defensively. Some teams do, but 31 points per game, I can do that all day. That's that I can I can win games like that. And then uh, yards per game, they were 53rd overall with uh, you know 420 yards overall between passing and rushing. Obviously, far more rushing um, uh, success that is. So Baylor prospects for the year, well. I don't see anyone on their early schedule that shows that they will have a tough time of racking up some wins. So I think I could see them going. I mean, they went 12 and two last year, 12 and two sounds pretty good to me for this year. Uh, let's say they run it back uh, and make it back to the big 12 championship. But uh, let's see if we can find someone on the play. Oh yeah. How about the Oklahoma Sooners? So here we go, a first-year coach with Brent Venables. Uh, so let's see here, where's Brent coming over from? So he's a former alum, or a coaching alum, that is, Brent Venables, and uh, he gets brought back um, after being a uh, assistant coach at the school. Um, he, he's going to be in his first year, so kind of cool. Uh, like I said, I like that kind of stuff. Um so what do, what do we expect from them? Well, it, you know, we, we expect Oklahoma to be that dynamic offense. It's what their message always was with Lincoln Riley is we're going to outpace you, you know. But now Lincoln Riley's you know already gone. You we've we've already talked about him going to USC. Um, so now with an, a new coach, quote unquote, um, you you got this opportunity to maybe reimagine yourself. But I mean, previous teams of Oklahoma, you know. It's dynamic passing game. You got Kyler Murray an alum. You got Jalen Hurts an alum. You got you know all, all sorts of different players. You know that have a, have had a uh, touch of Lincoln Riley's offense and and been dynamic playmakers. So that's probably what they're going to lean on again. I mean, there's no reason not to think that they will. So first uh, things first, we do key losses. Caleb Williams, quarterback, um, is going to be reunited with his coach, Lincoln Riley. We already talked about that. So he is not an option at quarterback. Uh, neither is Kennedy Brooks. Uh, Kennedy uh, Brooks, um, you know, moved on. I don't know if he got drafted. I don't know where he is or if he just his college career is just over. Uh, that might be the case too. Uh, but Brian Asamoah. Uh, the top tackler, I know he got drafted, um, so he's off into the league playing. Uh, so what do they do to replace that? Well, they got Deshaun White to fill the linebacker spot. Um, he's just the next man up. They got uh, Dylan Gabriel, uh, who played at U UCF uh, and then transferred, is uh, now going to be competing for the quarterback spot. I don't know if he announced them as the for sure starter, but he probably is. Um, and uh, Marvin Mims um, uh, returns at the wide receiver spot. Yeah. So what did they do offensively last year? Well, they're good. They're eighth, 39 points per game, number one in the Big 12. It's what they do, though. So what did they do different? Well, what they did different was their defensive passing uh 
attack was pathetic. They were 109th with 260 yards, a little over uh, every every averaging uh, per game. It's tough, you know, when when you're so good offensively, it normally means you get down the field quickly, and then you put your team out there on defense, and uh, they they can't fight back. You know, it's almost like they have one hand tied behind their back because it's just um, they, they're on the field quicker than other defenses. There's different play styles that favor a defense, and Oklahoma Sooners' offense is not necessarily one that I would, you know, say is, you know, a favorable for your, uh, you know, your, your fellow teammates on defense. You know, on the field more, and normally having a team just attack and attack through the air because they're trying to keep pace with your offense, who's almost always so dynamic. So that's that's fun. It's exciting. Um, I think they're going to come back and do it again. I think – I mean, there's not a lot to talk here because, you know, it's the first time head coach. I don't have much to lean on with that. Um, but I do think just uh, – um, I mean, they get the recruits. I mean, I'm staring at – a dozen four-star guys ranging anywhere from uh, cornerbacks, running backs, offensive linemen, safeties, quarterbacks, wide receivers. You know, they cover everything. I mean, you want to go and play for Oklahoma. It's a good brand right now. There's there's about, uh, I would say there's about 10 solid teams in, in all of college football right now that their brands stand out as one that you want to play for because it means you will get drafted or have an oppor- a real opportunity to be drafted. It's there's it's called track record, right? I mean, it's just they have the track record. So impressive, I think, uh, to con- continue this recruiting, uh, continue probably more success. Um, I can easily see them going 9-3. and three. I think that's that's okay. Um, I'm looking at their early season stuff, and nah, they're playing UTEP, Kent, Kent State, and uh, Nebraska, and Kansas State in the first four uh, matchups. That's about as cakewalky as you can predict. Um, you know, for now, maybe Kent State's got something uh, up their sleeve. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll find out, I guess, in a few weeks. <laughs> All right. How about uh the guys that faced off uh, against Baylor last year? Um the surprise team in the conference, I think. Uh not necessarily big time surprise, but just we, we would have looked for I mean, people really did think last year that Texas was coming back. Didn't happen again. I know. Shocked. Everyone's shocked. Um but maybe this year, no, we'll see. Uh, we'll talk about them next. But first, Oklahoma State, who did play uh, the Baylor Bears in the Big 12 championship, obviously falling short, disappointing. Um, but what are you going to do? Uh, well, let's uh, come back and uh, try and do this thing again. So <clears throat> why will they be able to do it again? Well, the one reason that maybe they can compete for the Big 12 championship yet again is that they still have Spencer Sanders, quarterback, um, at times was inconsistent, but the one thing that is consistent is he is still playing for the Cowboys. He's still the quarterback. Uh, he's, you know, an, a senior, and typically senior quarterbacks 
have advantages over other quarterbacks. Their teams, therefore, also have advantages other over other quarterbacks. I think that's where should lead them to more success, more consistency, especially offensively. So how good were they offensively? Well, last year, 45th in uh, points per game, so top 50, good. Uh, rushing, 185 yards per game, 41st in the nation, good. Uh, passing, not so much, 67th, but uh, once again, not terrible, terrible, 231 yards per game, and then uh, that's put them 55th in the nation. So n- not what was the biggest part of them. No, the biggest part of them was uh, their what their success was all about was that they were ninth in the nation in points per game. They were first in the Big 12. They were fifth in the nation in yards per game, rushing given up. That's eight, they, for, for uh, 87 yards. That's good stuff. 87 yards is good stuff. To hold a team, to hold any team sub-100 yards rushing as an average is to do it once or twice in the year is like something to hang a hat on as a coach. But, you know, to average it over a 12-game span, it's not common. It is not something that teams do a lot of, you know. Obviously, there's four other teams that had a better yards per carry uh, defense, you know, metric to, to like, they were on top of them. I think it was um, – I think this just shows that th- there's some commitment to passing um, by some of the teams that they probably played. You know, that makes a lot of sense in my head that th- they're facing more pass attempts, so therefore there there is less yards per attempt or yards per game given up. You know, it's – it's just it's a part it's part of the culture of maybe playing in the Big Twelve and a lot more um, offensive a- attacking. So the one or two teams that play well defensively benefit, and they benefit greatly. So I, I think that might be a part of it. Um, no expert, obviously, but uh, fifth overall yards per game after having the thirty fifth passing game to go with it too. That's pretty good stuff. But they had a negative two turnover differential. That's a little surprising. You know, that puts them 79th nationally. It's a little surprising only because I thought I thought with those metrics on offense, it showed that they were a little, they could do a really good job of controlling the pace and uh, maybe mitigating some errors. But, you know, apparently not because finishing with a negative obviously means that you threw more interceptions, had more fumbles, and you got back on defense. Didn't know if to explain that, but there you go. Um, I, I just think that that's disappointing um, because maybe that's a, a bigger difference in their game and what could have been, you know, what could have been a year where they did win the Big 12 championship. They didn't. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, they did lose some people. This may be a reason why um, they won't con- uh, be contending again, but uh, – they lost a four-year starter in uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, so he leaves. Um, Jalen Warren, um, uh, running back, uh, transferred late uh, last before last season, and now he's gone too. And then um, uh, Team Martin uh, is gone at the wide receiver part 
uh, spot, uh, their number one wide receiver. But Spencer Sanders is back. Another year under Mike Gundy, who's been there for 17, going on 18 years. Pretty good coach. Got some great quotes. Got some great hair. Uh, fun guy to watch. So uh, let's see here. They got a pretty good recruiting class coming in, too. Um, about five four-star guys. Uh, some wideouts and running backs. They normally do a good job there. And uh, wide receiver running backs and bringing them in. So let's uh, wrap it up the preview, the breakdown of this conference with the Texas Longhorns. So Texas Longhorns have Steve Sarkeesian coming back for his second year with the school. Uh, five and seven last year. Steve Sarkeesian obviously comes over. Um, with the expectation of more upbeat offense, more exciting offense, and a real opportunity to put teams on their heels with a really, really uh, efficient offense. And they got a little bit of that. They were 18th nationally, um, 35 points per game, uh, 26th in rushing in the nation, 72nd passing, so that's where it fell apart. And uh, their total yards per game was 47, uh, 47th in the country, with a little over 420 yards per game. So uh, top 50, you know, yards per game, good stuff, good stuff. Defense was bad though, and that was kind of expected. I don't think anyone's shocked that their their defense would be suboptimal, as it were. But the fact that it was this this bad um, really shows. Uh, how much work Sarkeesian has to uh, be competing in the Big 12. So um, 99th in the nation in points per game, but 31 points per game given up on average. That's bad stuff. You, you can't have that. It's unacceptable. When you're that, when you have that iconic logo and you're the, the this freaking Texas Longhorns, one that so many, I mean, Matthew McConaughey's got to be livid over this team. It's just every year is, oh, is our year, Texas back, Texas back. You're not back until you get anywhere, somewhere close to the 60th or 70th best defense. You won't even sniff the word back, you know, return to form. You need to gain so much ground and in, in coaching and recruiting and overall just uh, construction of a program. You were 114th in rushing. A little over 200 yards given up on the ground per game. That can be demoralizing. That's, that's a point of attack. That is a will versus will loss for your team. That is a, a battle that you are getting handed a loss, uh, you know, every time that you take a rep, it feels like. Every time that defensive tackle fires out of his stance, maybe, you know, getting knocked on his butt, you know, it gets demoralizing and it affects the rest of the team. They weren't terrible against the pass, 62nd. Not terrible. 224 yards per game given up. But that means you're giving up 
almost 450 yards. You know, it's very, I'm sorry, 425 yards per game. It's it's tough to be a top team in a conference um, if if you can't find a way to be 70% better. <laughs> no, that's not fair. But they need to be better. Turnover margin, minus four. Obviously, that's not good. 93rd in the nation. Very sloppy team. I do remember watching at least one game of Texas, and I do remember their quarterback not playing so well. Uh, So it was actually Casey Thompson, who we just saw transferred uh, to Nebraska. Uh, He was decent at times last year, going 24-9. and Um touchdown the interception ratio but it, it but it's it, the completion percentage was just not there and I, I think this will sh- will go to show um how much more growth that Sarkeesian needs to have to get these guys elevated um but who, who's going to be there to help the new guys because you know like I said K- Casey Thompson's went to Nebraska so you got uh Quinn Quinn Ewers uh freshman uh, battling against Hudson Carter, I do believe Quinn Ewers uh, won the job, and uh, we'll 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 see uh, come next week, I guess. But uh, who's going to help him? You know, he's not going to do him himself. Whoever's at quarterback's not going to do him himself. Well, you got maybe the best running back in the 2022 class, um, Bijan Robinson. This dude runs so hard. Uh, definitely a Heisman candidate. You know, uh, uh, an early Heisman candidate. He's he's strong. He's he's shifty. He's uh, got great balance. Just a lot of the things and just about everything you would want in a running back. He's got in spades. So good stuff coming out of him. Uh, Xavier Worthy uh, set U- University of Texas freshman records uh, for reception with 62 last year. And receiving yards with 981 and 12 touchdowns, so he's coming back as a sophomore. You know that's good. You know, um, have a reliable outside weapon there. You know, so right there you got two good points. You know, it, it's it's interesting to see how how the year two will go for Sarkeesian because he had some really good recruits. He's got two five star guys rolling in here. Uh, kept a guy uh, in state. From Arlington, uh, Devin Campbell, offensive lineman, keep him in state. Uh, another guy from in state, uh, from Humboldt, Texas, uh, Calvin Banks. Uh, another offensive lineman, he he plays tackle. So, you know, some solid dudes up the middle already. You know, good stuff. But it's all got to come together, and it's and it's and it's, oh, it'll be interesting to see where they are. I can't say they're back. <laughs> all right. I want to say those words someday maybe for Texas because college football is better when Texas is good. It's one of those things people say. I know it's a cliche for a lot of teams, but it's definitely true for Texas. College football is better when Texas is good at college football. Facts. Um, and maybe maybe they're on the right track. You know, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, starting a freshman quarterback sometimes can be good, sometimes can be bad. 
hopefully they, they ride it out with him either way because it's not like Sarkeesian is going to be a two-and-done coach if he ends up going you know worse than five and seven like he did last year. So if he, you know, if let's say he goes seven to five this year, you know, that's a good step in the right direction. Um, there's, there's good teams in the big 12. Uh, we already mentioned a few, I'm not going to hit anymore. No, we're, I'm going to be ending the podcast now, but it, it's Texas, um, back watch time for maybe the, the big 12 conference. We'll see. We'll see. But it, it was uh, a lot of fun having college football back and the and the fact that we are now officially less than one week away from everybody having a taste of their college football season uh to get underway. That's good stuff. And um I, I, I think uh I think it's a decent enough point to wrap it up. So thanks for listening once again, everybody. Um really pleasure doing this. Thanks to Matt uh for letting me do this and uh, obviously Tyler and um we will be back. We got a, at least one more conference, man. We got to touch on, man. We got to we got to do it. Uh, we got to talk SEC. I don't even care if it's post week one, but we got to talk SEC football. Um, obviously, the national champs are there in uh, Georgia Bulldogs, so they will be next on the breakdown chopping block. But uh, that's it. I'll get out of here. And uh, until next time, the two point conversation is good. Three, 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 three